for you on tonight. I give God, uh, first give an honor to God, who is the head of my life, and I'm sure the head of yours life as well. And thank you, Pastor, for allowing me this opportunity to come before and teach the Bible study on tonight. We're going to continue in this study of the discipline of prayer. I don't know if Pastor's going to be closing on the discipline of prayer this month or not. Okay, so we're going to be ending uh, our study on the discipline of prayer on tonight. And um, he wants us to focus our attention on the, how and what realms we should be practicing our prayer life. So that's what we're going to go over on tonight. He's touched based on it before in past studies where we talked about corporate prayer. We've talked about intercessory prayer, you know, petitioning prayers from others or uh, you praying for others, as well as your individual prayer life. So that's what we're going to engage in on tonight. Ask that you all just come along with me on this ride as we dive into the Word of God. Talk back to me. I'm not a long-winded minister. I've had a... Okay. <laughs> But I'm not that short-winded either, okay? Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, hey, hallelujah, I got a lot to say. Hallelujah. Okay, all right, okay. Thank you, Lord. So as it regards the importance of individual prayer, praying for others, or soliciting prayers from others, and then we're going to end and conclude on corporate prayer on tonight. So I want to ask you this question. I want to kind of poll the group here. What do you think most people would say when asked the question, what do you believe to be the most important key ingredient in building a healthy relationship? Anybody? That's the majority. Communication, trust. Okay, okay, most people will say communication. Communication is important. There needs to be communication occurring between two parties if you want to get to know a person, right? How often, now how often do you believe communication between two people who are working on building that healthy relationship that fruitful relationship should be occurring. How often? Some of y'all don't like to talk maybe once a day. I mean, multiple times during the day. Okay, okay. you want to call up your boo. Your boo call you up or you text him multiple times. You want that attention, right? Okay, you want that constant communication open, okay? Well, guess what? Guess what I'm about to say. God wants you to have that same level, right, of drive and intensity and an initiative when it comes to communicating with him. And how do we do that? That's through prayer. That's through prayer. He wants you to have him on your mind, have him on your mind, just as you would that woman or man or whatever it is. Be thinking on him. He wants to have a healthy relationship with you too as well. If we be honest with ourselves, what we do is we, um, we find ourselves making time for what we want or who we want. We make room for who we want. We even alter our schedules to make some things happen, right? Minister Brianna taught that we build our altar altar, and, and, our alt and to alter other altars, right? So whatever you put in the head of God, we need to alter that and build up the important altars, altars of prioritizing and putting him first, 
because prayer is the most valuable, uh, one of the most valuable gifts we receive from God. And that's our open communication line with God. That's how we talk to God. You have the very ear of God through prayer. You can go to God directly yourself in prayer because Jesus died as our high priest, so he became that mediator for us. And um, so we can approach the throne of grace boldly before God, okay, when we pray. Now, much of that prayer life that you do will be done in secret. That's that individual secret prayer. That's in your quiet space, that quiet place. You know, wherever that may be for some, it may be in your home, in your bathrooms, or in your kitchen, or maybe in your car. Wherever that quiet place is for you, or whatever that quiet moment is for you. Could be a certain time of the day, you know, that you will want to steal away as the older folks we say. You just kind of get away, get to yourself, where you can talk to God in secret and have a conversation with God from your heart. Okay? And there is no such thing as praying too much. Now, you mean talk too much. But there's no such thing as praying too much. Okay? <laughs> okay? God wants to hear from you, you know, and um, he's waiting for you to call him up. Get on your knees, pray, or whether it's at work, sitting at your desk, reach out to him, talk to him. In fact, um, there may be times if you don't even feel like praying, you don't even feel like praying or feel like God um, doesn't want to hear from you for whatever reason it is whatever you may have done whatever you may have feel that you may have separated yourself from God that he may not even want to hear from you but guess what that's the best time to pray is when you feel like that that's the best time to pray the scripture tells us that for if we for if ye would give ear to the Holy Spirit which teaches a man to pray you would know that you must pray Prayer is not made so that God can find out what we need. Because Jesus tells us over in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, your father knows what you need before you even ask him. So why does God, why does God want us to pray? Let's begin with individual prayer. So I'm going to go over and um, kind of touch on um, various accounts throughout Scripture where it talks about private praying and how that's occurring. So over in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, and you don't have to turn there, um, it talks about how Daniel went to his upper chamber and got down upon his knees three times a day and prayed and, God, and gave thanks before his God. Another example is Jesus himself frequently went out into solitary places to be alone to pray. And as our example, he reminds us over in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 that when you pray we are to go into our room close the door and pray to our father who is unseen then our father who sees what is done in secret will reward us so if you would turn with me over to Matthew chapter 6 and we're going to read together verses 5 through 7 and I'm reading from the New International Version when you have it say amen please You ready? Okay. Verse 5, and it reads, And when you pray, can we read together? Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, 
close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. And I like how the King James Version read. I'm going to read that to you, just verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And we're going to center for tonight, center our attention on verse 6 of this passage of scripture. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door. This statement is in the context of avoiding the error of the hypocrites who love to pray and like to be noticed out on the street corners that they may be seen by men. There is wisdom in Jesus' encouragement to pray in secret. Not only that we might avoid the hypocrisy, but also that we might not be distracted by the presence of other people and the distractions which could influence us to modify or alter our prayers to suit what we think people will expect to hear. When we are truly alone with God in the privacy of a room to which we have shut the door, then we can pour out our hearts to him. So Jesus did not say, dream about your father who is in the secret place, but he said, pray to your father who is in the secret place. Prayer is an effort of the will. After we have entered our secret place, wherever that may be for you, shut the door. Shut, shut the things that will be going on around you. You know, um, settle your mind where you can focus in and center your thoughts on him. Because when, when we shut that door, you know, um, when you're ready to get down on your knees and pray or whenever that moment is for you to pray, it seems to be the most difficult time, you know, to do that is to pray. And this is so because for me, uh, one of the great battles uh, for me in private prayer is overcoming uh, the problem of just your mind, your thoughts, just wandering everywhere sometimes, and, and just a lot of um, emotional clutter just going on in my mind, can see, and I can't seem to just zone things out, you know, and um, clear my mind to the point where I can focus and posture myself to enter the presence of God. Um, do you all find yourself having similar experiences like that? Okay. You sometimes easily distracted and turn aside to other activities or something that goes on. So we must have a we must have a um, selected place for prayer, selected time for prayer, okay? And this needs to be done. And I encourage you to, if you haven't already, to establish that secret time and that secret place so that you can shut the door, okay? We have to learn to discipline our minds and concentrate on willful, deliberate prayer. Establishing that secret place before God means de deliberately shutting the door on our emotions and remembering him. God is in secret, and he sees us from the secret place. He does not see us as other people do. Thank God for that. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Or as we see ourselves. Okay? When we truly live in the secret place, it becomes impossible for us to doubt God. Think about that. We become sure of him than of anyone or anything else. 
So enter into that secret place like the text scripture is telling us and you will find that God was right in the middle of your everyday circumstances when you do. When you do. Get into the habit of dealing with God about everything. Unless you learn to open the door of your life completely and let God in from your first waking moment of each new day, you will, be, you will be working on the wrong level throughout the day. So you've got to, and first thing in the morning, you've got to acknowledge him in prayer. But if you will swing that door open of your life fully, swing it open, open the door and pray. Pray to your father who is in the secret place. Every public thing in your life will be marked with the lasting imprint of the presence of God every public thing so God wants us to pray because number one this is just some points I jotted down when we pray prayer expresses our trust in God just as just as a child trusts their parents to provide for them God expects us to look to him in prayer number two when we pray prayer expresses to God that we love him and desire to have fellowship with him prayer brings us into deeper fellowship with God God loves it when we come to him he delights in it every time you commit time to spend with him. And three, when we pray, God allows us as his creation, his creature, to be involved in kingdom business. When we pray, the work of the kingdom is advanced. Don't you know that you are the child of the most high God? There is greatness in every one of us. We are made in God's image. And since God is our father, we can go to to our Father with a dependency in Him, praying in faith. Because the Word of God declares over Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 21, this is a familiar scripture, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So church, I tell you that spending quality time with God is valuable. God delights in it. So what you make time for, who you make time for, when you make time for, how you make time for, why you make time for God says there will your heart be also. Okay? So God is saying to us today, make him a priority. Be intentional about spending devoted time with him. Alter your plans, as I stated earlier. Alter your schedule. Whatever it is or whoever can't be more important to you than God. Can't be. So, and when you pray, pray with faith. Pray in faith. God wants us to take him at his word. Prayer is not wishful thinking. That's not what it is. It's not wishful thinking or vague hope. Rather, it is trust in God himself based on the fact that we can take him at his word and believe what he says in his word. Believe that he says he will do that which he says he can do in his word. And we are to pray in humility. We are to call on the God of truth. We are to be obedient. You know, we are to be thankful and not anxious. And we are to pray in confidence. Matthew 11, chapter 24 reads, For this reason, I am telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer, in accordance with God's will, believe with confident trust that you have received them, and they will be given to you. James 1 and 6 reads, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. What Jesus is saying over in Mark eleven twenty four 24 is that when we ask for something, 
the kind of faith that will bring results is a settled assurance that is having confidence in God. Having the assurance that he knows what you stand in need of before you even ask. You can trust that when you pray. He hears you. Believe he is there and he's listening because he is. Believe he will help you because he will. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to what? The power that worketh in you, that worketh in you, that worketh in me. The power, assurance, having a settled assurance that when you prayed for something, or perhaps after you've been praying for something for some time, God wants to grant you that specific request. But you must pray in faith. Pray in faith. This kind of faith on your part, this kind of faith on your part can only come as God gives it. Genuine faith only God can give us and that he may or may not give us each time we pray. He may or may not. But it comes from God. We cannot work this kind of genuine faith up. We can't um, pray. This prayer can be such an emotional effort, you know, to try to make ourselves believe, nor can we force it upon ourselves by saying words we don't think to be true. You cannot fool God. You can't do it because he knows your heart. So this assured faith would often come when we ask God for something and then we quietly wait before him for an answer. We got to wait. So it is not only important that we talk to God, but also we listen to him. Because it is in those very times of waiting on the Lord that God may change the desires of our heart when we're waiting on him. That God may give you additional insight into the situation you're praying about. That God may grant you additional insight into his word. God may bring a passage of scripture to mind to help you pray more effectively when you're waiting on him. God may impart a sense of assurance of what is his will. Or God may increase your faith so that you are able to pray with much, with much more confidence. Okay? All right. Let's see here. So that's individual prayer. Because he wants you to have that sense of assurance, that assured faith, and you trust and you trust in him. And you can go to him because he's not going to tell your business. Thank you, Lord. He's not, not going to tell your business. That's some dark stuff. That's some skeletons in some of our closets, you know. And we can be very transparent. We can go naked to God and tell him all about it. You know, tell him those deep, dark things that nobody knows. Maybe not even your mother or your father. And we can go to God. And he's not going to you know, embarrass you. He's not going to expose you. He's going to keep that all to himself, and he's going to work on the inner you, okay, where you can overcome that condemning spirit, you know, because there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So I encourage you to discover a new level of intimacy with Christ, a deeper fellowship with Christ. Go to another realm in the spirit to experience the refreshing of God in the fullness for the effectual prayers of the righteous man availeth much okay so ask yourself this is a question you ask yourself do I exercise faith when I pray do you when you pray now praying with others so the joys and benefits of praying aren't limited to just our personal prayer lives 
God not only wants us to pray in our closets without ceasing. We got to do that. We learned that First Thessalonians 5 and 7. That's our mantra, I believe, Pastor stated. But pray continually, you know, as it tells us as we move through life in a spirit of dependence on God. But to pray with company. This leads me to my second point. That's praying with others. Often we will solicit the prayer support of others to see special needs met. So this would be the prayer, you know, prayer like prayer request for ourselves or for others, prayer petition or intercession. Uh, we find strength in praying together with others. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4, uh, verses 9 through 12, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Now understand that somebody has either gone through or is going through and can be a resource of strength and encouragement for you. And as, God, as God's children, we are to be concerned for one another, sympathize with one another, and wholeheartedly support one another's interests. Praying with others also yields multiplied joy. As we share the joy of prayer, we increase our joy in prayer. As we share it, we increase. When we make a regular practice of praying together with fellow believers, we avail ourselves of a channel of joy that we otherwise would be neglecting. And when we pray with others, it gives us added power. So not only that's joy, but we have added power when we pray with others. Praying together not only adds power to the request, but also gets others involved. So it brings more glory to who? For the giver when he answers. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 11, you also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on your behalf for the blessings granted us through the prayers of many. Praying together is one of the single most significant things we can do to cultivate unity in the church. There is a unity that is given to those who are partners in Christ and share spiritual life in him. Acts 1, verse 14 says, it was with one accord that the first Christians were devoting themselves to prayer. Already we have the unity of the spirit, and yet we are to be eager to maintain it. As it tells us, make every effort to keep the unity of spirit through the bond of peace. Praying together with others. When, because Romans, um, I jotted down here, Romans 15 and one, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. So praying with others, soliciting prayer from others, uh, praying for others, it encourages one another, it helps increase and gives us added power, it builds unity, you know, and it gives us even increased joy when we're praying for one another. If you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 18, I'm going to read verse 19 through 20. And again, I'm coming from the New International Version. Hallelujah. Uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 through 20. Am I going too fast? Oh, okay. Because it's just 730. I, I don't want pastors, you know, hearing that y'all got out of Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
And it says, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Verse 20, for where two or three gathered in my name, there am I with them. So Jesus teaches us in this passage of scripture that if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now it is important to read these verses in the context of the passage because the context addresses uh, church discipline of a sinning member, this passage of scripture. Just verses before, um, in just verses before that, verses 15 through 17, Jesus sets forth the method of restoring or disciplining a professing Christian who sins against another member of the church in a private manner. This passage of scripture does not give us a blank check to be able to ask God for anything. If you think that you are misinterpreting, you know, this passage of scripture, it doesn't give us a blank check. You're all misinterpreting this scripture. Just because two or three people are gathered together in Jesus' name, they don't acquire some magical, you know, power, you know, that assures God will answer their prayer according to their wishes. Yes, Jesus is present when people pray together, but he is equally present when, we, when a believer prays individually. He is, but he's equally present when we pray individually. Question, um, have you benefited from um, praying with other fellow Christians? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how, can anyone describe for me, how have they benefited praying with other Christians? And it's strength. Anyone else? Confidence. Empathy. I'm sorry. Empathy. Empathy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you feel encouraged after you have prayed with a fellow brother or sister in Christ, right? Okay. All right. So the last area that we're going to cover on tonight is corporate prayer. Can someone tell me what that means? corporate prayer the church the whole church mm -hmm. the whole church will have you know come together in corporate prayer we will have a corporate life together in prayer corporate prayer is praying together with other people in small groups or larger bodies and that's what we do here at freedom when we come together for Bible study uh, when we come together for Sunday service when we have altar prayer and then the very special event that we just had soul cry Corporate prayer. Corporate prayer is an important part of the life of the church, along with worship, sound doctrine, communion, and fellowship. We learn in Acts 2 and 42 that the early church met regularly to learn the doctrine of the apostles break bread and they prayed together. Even the Lord's Prayer, as Minister Winchell went through with us on Bible study, is put in the plural context. It does not say, give me this day my daily bread, but give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil so this is a together thing this is a corporate thing church body of Christ we the body of Christ must come together and pray pray for this nation pray for so much that's going on out here in the world you know pray for the, the sins you know that are availing you know in our people today and our children keep them covered. We have to come together, whether it's the church in Chicago, 
whether it's church here in Florida, we got to come together. We got so much social media going on right now that we can collectively come together as a church body, you know, and stand for right, stand up for Christ. You know, we join in together with one another. So don't, don't be naive because there are difficult times. You know, we're in difficult times. We're in what God calls his perilous times, the end times. So when we pray together with, with other believers, the effects can be very positive. God desires to answer the issues of wickedness, darkness, and sin with a strong and vibrant local church. What do I mean, vibrant local church? Are we that strong and vibrant local church? Would you consider freedom to be a strong, vibrant local church yeah. we're certainly not a dull church I mean we are doing we are doing great things we are doing some things you know we're out there in the community uh, and we're we're witnessing whether it be through social media we're witnessing to one another others by word of mouth I mean this is a growing body here at the Freedom Church and we are a vibrant young church very diverse group of people here at the Freedom Church and I love that you know coming from uh mainly like a Baptist type of setting and tradition and to get here at the Freedom Church and see the diversity you know the denomination here it's just it's a good feeling I mean I'm growing and I feel the growth I feel that I'm growing here you know I don't feel stagnated so in corporate prayer praying with others can bring encouragement to the members of the group for example there may be someone struggling with personal issues or trials or temptations and as we collectively pray the Holy Spirit brings them encouragement and reassurance of his promises as we collectively pray in corporate prayers. That's why pastor oftentimes we join hands and we close out in prayer, you know, or we come up for altar call and we join together in prayer as well. Corporate prayer has the ability to strengthen a church together in bond of fellowship and praise. For where there is unity, there is strength. Our fellowship together becomes more intimate. We get more closer to one another. You know, in corporate prayer, we learn more about each other, too. You know, Psalms 34 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. As we lift up the name of Jesus and exalt his name together, we are unified in common faith. As we pray together, we build love and concern for each other. And it shows our dependence on God. Corporate prayer brings that intimate communion with the Savior. We commune and worship together as one body in Christ. How we often hear, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So in corporate prayer, we pray together. The Holy Spirit brings conviction and draws us together to repentance. Collectively, you hear the story about the team, one, one go down, we all go down. You know, it's not pointing the finger. It's collective body as, you know, as we are a body of Christ and we're in this thing together. Second Chronicles 7 and 14 tells us that if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. When the church prays, the presence of God is perceived. The place, and, we, and, we, and like they stated here, 
when I jot down here over in Acts 16 and 26, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison was shaken. Don't you know when we come together here at Freedom, when we pray, oh, the enemy, hell get this trembling. When we pray and we come, seriously, when we come together and pray, in faith, believing, calling on the name of Jesus, invoking the power of Jesus, because great is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So collectively together, when all that power come together, oh yeah, the enemy, he's trembling. He's afraid. And that's what Acts 16 and 26 is telling us, that how things got shaken up, how when they were in prison and all the prison doors just flew open and everyone's chains came loose. You know, when we pray together, anyone that may come into the church who is feeling a little in bondage, feeling a little shackled by life's pressure or whatever thing, then we pray together, we can loose those shackles. They can become set free, you know, in their minds, set free from whatever that bondage, whatever that issue was that was holding them when we pray together and come together. Because they may not be able to receive that from a family member, but they can come here to their church family and someone pray with them. So I end on this. Told you I wasn't going to be long, not long-winded. I end on this note. Now, it's deep, so I need you to be honest with yourself. It's deep. It's deep. Thank you, brother, for coming on in. You're going to get this good note right here. This good note. Do I enjoy praying? Do I enjoy praying? Why or why not? do I enjoy praying? Now we talk about individual praying. Praying for others, corporate prayer, but more, let's just focus, this is a personal question here, that individual praying, do I enjoy praying? Because if you do, you'll spend more time with God, you'll make more time with God, you carve out time for God. Who was that, Jonathan McReynolds? I'll make room. You know, I make room for what I treasure, I make time for what I want, and my priorities do I enjoy praying? How about you calling him up three multiple times during the day, talking with God, telling him all about your troubles, as the songwriter says. Yeah. <laughs> you know, tell him about some things, you know, or just adore him. Tell him how good he is. Puff God up in your prayers. He likes to hear that. He likes to feel that. He likes to hear my daughter talking about me. He likes to hear my son talking about how I'm the man. You know, so God wants to hear from us. Be consistent in our prayer life, grow in our prayer life, develop a deeper relationship with him. So just, just think about that question. Do I enjoy praying? Because if I do enjoy praying, I do it more often, more frequently, multiple times throughout the day, continuously, if I really enjoy it. Because some of us really enjoy certain types of gatherings, certain types of places, you know, or we in relationships, we enjoy that person we with and we want to be there and spend time with them. So do you enjoy the relationship you have with God? Do you want a healthy relationship with God? Okay. I told you this would be an easy lesson here because we've already touched on this in past studies, individual prayer, corporate prayer, and praying for others. Are there any questions? Any comments? None? Okay. You want to close out? I thank you all for giving me your time and attention.